Hey listeners, this is Teen. Welcome to a preview of this week's bonus pod. If you want access to all of the bonus pods in full, uh, you can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash planamag. Appreciate everyone who's been joining. We've actually been getting a good amount of support there. And kind of want to put out a call also for feedback. And just curious, kind of like, if you want to contact us, um, just send us an email to editor.planamag at gmail.com. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is like what, how you found the podcast and kind of what you want to see going forward in the podcast in terms of topics to, to discuss and stuff like that. I know we, some have told us there isn't an easy way to comment on this pod. Uh, so right now, the best way is to send us emails and we all read them. So like we all have access to that. You know, everyone at Plan A has access to the same email account. So you can hit us up there, editor.planamag at gmail.com. Uh, the email address is in the show notes. Or, or also, we have a brand new website, um, courtesy of Jong, who put in a lot of effort um, and, and it's made a really great looking website. You just, it's the same URL, planamag.com. But we have moved off of Medium. One, because Medium's performance was really terrible. And I know some of you, if you do go to the website, probably had some issues with the, you know, sometimes there just wasn't any availability that came down to like a, we had some problems with the D, like the way that Medium was resolving DNS and loading times were terrible. And we just really had no control um, or not a lot of control over the appearance of the website. And so we are self-hosting now which took a lot of dev work uh, and a lot of uh, volunteer work on the on the part of the more technically sophisticated members of the Plan A team. Um, but check it out if you haven't seen it in a while. It's a fantastic looking site, planamag.com. And we're going to be implementing comments there in the near future. Um, I, think you, I think right now we haven't added the commenting engine yet, but we will soon. Um, and so you can also in the future leave comments there, but, uh, looking forward to seeing that up and running. Uh, and with no further ado, here is the preview of this week's bonus pod. Escape from plan A. Listeners, welcome to a bonus episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Chris, formerly known as Oxford, uh, still letting the people know because I think some people aren't aware of the switch. I'm here with Teen. Hey, what's up, Teen? Hey, what's going on? Uh, so uh, lately, we, we've we been canvassing for Ron Kim, who's an assembly member in the Flushing District. He's up for re-election this summer. So if anyone is interested in helping his campaign out, he's a great guy, Um some of the things he's done. He led the fight to keep Amazon out of New York City. So if you don't want those Amazon bots taking over New York City, uh, you have Ron Kim to to thank uh, among the many people who played a part in that. He was also instrumental in connecting us with Red Canary Song because he's also big in the fight for decriminalizing sex work. Lots of other good issues. So if you're interested in helping his campaign out, uh, reach out to us at editor.planamag at gmail.com and we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with some of his campaign people. Uh, so Tina and I, we were canvassing 
from earlier this week because uh, they need to get signatures for a petition to get on the ballot. And so, Teen, how was your experience doing that? Have you canvassed before for uh, politicians? No, uh, it was the first time. I spent I spent Super Tuesday doing it. Um, it was like raining out in Flushing, uh, and I just went with he. I think he has a high school intern, and I just went. I just kind of like took him. We just like snuck into apartment buildings, like literally yeah. like sneaking in uh, and knocking on every single door that was a registered Democrat trying to get signatures. And it's a it's a hard row, man. It's not politics ain't easy. Right. But at least this was in 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 apartment buildings. The, I've, been, I've done canvassing before. The first time I did it was in 2008 for Obama during the Democratic primaries. Oh, cool. When and you know, in that uh, slog fest versus Hillary. Yeah, and I remember going to Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, right after he won Iowa, and we were doing you know door to door canvassing, uh, checking out who you know all the registered Democrats who they were voting for, and you know New Hampshire is a pretty rural state. There are a lot of uh, the buildings are far apart, relatively speaking. It's like late January or early February, and you're there. I was doing it by myself, I think, because, you know, they needed to just knock on as many doors as possible. Yeah, it was a pretty miserable experience, <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I'm honest. It's cold. It's rainy. I, I think at a certain point, the, the envelope I had full of, uh, you know, just like information stuff just got so soaked. It just exploded. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was my first uh, canvassing experience. And I think Obama won New Hampshire. I mean, lost New Hampshire. Uh, pretty significantly, if I if I recall correctly. Uh, you remember, didn't do a very good job. You didn't hit enough houses. Yeah, it was all my fault. <laughs> you know, so, like, sometimes you're canvassing, and then uh, there's like a house that's like like weird looking, and you knock on it, and and like lightly, nobody answers. You're like, okay, right, I'll just move on. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, may- maybe he was a swing vote, or he or she was a swing vote. Yeah. But remember when Obama unexpectedly won Iowa? And then everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna win New Hampshire too." And then, and then Hillary cried, and then she won New Hampshire. And then we're like, "Ah, oh, oh, great! Now, now it's gonna be a longer contest than we thought." Uh, so yeah, that that was New Hampshire, two thousand and eight. Yeah, we were. I mean, the apartment building thing was a little bit sketch because, like, we had to like literally just just you know trail people in. These are like non doormen building, and we hit up three apartment buildings. And we had like no elevator, like we had to like just walk up six flight, six stories and kind of work our way down and knock on, you know, knock on probably like 10, 15 doors per place for like a total of like seven signatures. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wish there was a way to do it online, you know, because that would be yeah. so much, that's, that's more pro-democracy, don't you think? Being able to do it online, but of course, I think the issue of fraud and and plus, I'm sure they're doing this to keep out cranks or 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 just people they don't like yeah. outside of the political machine. So, yeah, it's not easy. Uh, one one interesting thing was like we got this this one dude. He was like pretty old, and uh, this white dude, and he was like, "Yeah, come on in." And we're like, "Huh?" He was like, "Yeah, come on in." It's into like, his apartment. Into his apartment. And he like walked us into like the back of his apartment huh. and started and he was watching Super Tuesday and he was like, Sanders has got to win this. Sanders has got to win this. And then started telling us about his whole sort of life story. And we we're kind of instructed to like take notes if someone really starts talking. Okay. And he was saying that he was like um, a social worker who was like a 9-11 responder. He has cancer. He's not oh, getting God like, damn it. yeah, he's not getting his meds and all this stuff. 
And then, uh, like midway through this, and we, you know, we're we're taking notes, and the and the intern is like, you know, putting this all into that minivan app or whatever. Um, his wife, this Chinese woman, like walks in the door, and she's like, uh, "Who the fuck are these people?" <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we had to explain who we were, and I was like, "Ma'am, are you a registered Democrat?" Um, it's just just interesting. It was just interesting to 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 have these just like sort of invade people's private spaces for signatures, and overall. Uh yeah, politics ain't easy. It's a real, it's a real fucking. It was like the Battle of Leningrad, man. Just like door to door. Uh huh. Anyway, so that was cool. I think uh, it was. If I felt good. I felt. I felt like oh, I did my piece here. Seven signatures <laughs> and uh, you know on Super Tuesday didn't feel didn't feel like my usual lazy self. I encourage people <laughs> to go do stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, so Super Tuesday, you wanted to pot about that. Oh, yeah, I figured. I mean, I think it's probably on a lot of people's minds. The field has narrowed a lot. I think uh, Bloomberg announced that he dro- was dropping out. Um, Warren's, drop- well, Warren's dropped out, too. Warren dropped out today, did not announce an endorsement. Did Did Bloomberg endorse anyone? I don't think so, right? I think he, it's either implied that he endorsed Biden or he did. I, I haven't been paying that much attention mm-hmm. to Bloomberg's comings and goings. But it's not like he's going to endorse Sanders, so we, we can assume that. Right. That's out of the you know out of the possibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any Bloomberg's. I mean, if there are any, I don't think any of them think of Sanders as their second choice anyway. Yeah, I, I would assume very very little crossover there. So obviously, Klobuchar and uh, Buttigieg are out. Uh, who does that leave? It's just it's it's Biden and Sanders at this point. I think maybe Gabbard's still in. No one, <laughs> no one. You know, that doesn't matter. I guess she has nothing else to do, so might as well stay. Yeah. So it's it's basically like a two man race. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess what what are the big questions remaining? Like a lot of I I guess I I was a little bit. I mean I don't really know the primary process that well. I've been trying to catch up on it, but it's so arcane that I can't really draw easy conclusions from like the situation. But it seems to me it it, it, it seemed to me that a lot of people, a lot of Sanders supporters took Tuesday's results as like a major blow to the Sanders campaign. And I, I would I would agree with that because I think to be honest, after what happened in Iowa and New Hampshire, I was very skeptical of his chances simply because he didn't get the big wins there. He needed to build a big enough delegate lead to get a majority. And I thought that if he doesn't have an outright majority by the convention there's no way in hell I think they were going to just let him win. Like they would have, the Democratic establishment would have tanked this election in order to keep control of the party. Because look at it from their point of view. If um, if they lose the uh, control of the party to Sanders, that's potentially forever. But if they just lose to Trump, that's just four years. Uh, people will probably get tired of the Republicans as they always do after a two-term uh, president. And they could probably just put anybody in 2024 and and win it. So it's like, could they ride out another four years, especially if, if you're a pretty wealthy person, as you would be if you're a Democratic elite? Yeah. So my, th- my thinking was, even after New Hampshire, the fact that Bernie couldn't win by more than, what, it was like, le- what was it, less than 2%? Mm-hmm. That wasn't a good sign. And unless he like totally blew out the, the big states like California and, and Texas or whatever... He probably, at best, would have had a plurality of the delegates. And 
And that would just give them the excuse not to give it to him. And as some people would say, but, but, but then you'd be throwing the election. And I would say, well, they don't care. So, and the Super Tuesday wasn't good because um, he, he like lost some states that like Minnesota that, that aren't a good, they should have won. I think last time Minnesota might have been a caucus. I'm not entirely certain on that. But I yeah. think this time was a primary. So there, there were some switches that, that could account for certain changes from last time. He won California, but it's not like he shut out the other people below 15%, so he got all the delegates or whatever. I don't know how much he won by, but it wasn't like a, a super blowout. He narrowly lost Texas. And, you know, he losing lost Massachusetts, Massachusetts was, which was not a good sign. Yeah, that, that's, that that's more of a symbolic happen. thing, you know, because like they, they're practically tied, probably coming out delegates wise. Yeah. But it's, it's just demoralizing. And I think what's really more demoralizing is that. Bernie was apparently the first Democrat ever, uh, well, at least since the primary started counting, which is actually not that long. Like, the, the whole, like, you know, primaries actually matter thing, I think only came out in 1972 or whatever. So it's not like we're going back hundreds of years. We're only going back a few decades. But I think he was the first Democrat to actually win the first three contests by popular vote. Um, and in any other instance... Uh, everyone would have lined up behind him because remember in 2004 John Kerry won Iowa and everyone's like okay well he's the winner and then the, everyone yeah. just lined up behind him yeah. uh, just imagine simple any other times. candidate <laughs> yeah uh, simple is the key word there yeah. yeah imagine any other candidate winning three states in a row the first three states popular vote and of course everyone would have lined up behind him but with Bernie it was like every step of the way it, the, the default assumption was he can't be the nominee prove to us that you can win even though he's actually won. So it, it was just such a massive uphill climb that any other generic candidate, which basically Joe Biden is, he's like, he's, 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 I feel like he's a couple of brainwaves away from being weekend at Bernie's, where <laughs> he's just an empty figure propped up because, I don't know, I guess some people just like a safe white guy and it assures them. So nobody knows what his policies are. Nobody cares. Um, and they're just like, oh, well, he's there. Like he didn't even have any offices in some of the states he won pretty big uh, on Super Tuesday. But he was just there. And he wasn't, uh, I guess, so objectionable as, I don't know. I mean, really, like, what, what does he just... Luke, Luke get, Savage had on Twitter, he was just like, just name name one of his signature policies. Just name, name one of them in the thread. No, and, you can't. And they're all bad. Yeah. Iraq. The, the crime bill. Uh, various like, credit card bills. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the... I think the Violence Against Women Act, I mean, he always brings it well, up. What's his, th- what is he proposing for this election? Nothing. You know? Nothing. I mean, nothing... I don't know anything other most people's like the number one response was he's against malarkey and yeah. uh I I I was just like oh I think the thing right like he's advocating for the thing and I don't I don't I really don't know what he stands for I mean I can't name a single position other than he's just not gonna do much <laughs> you know the most I, depressing thing about this is that it will have shown that we have learned nothing from 2016. Four years of national soul-searching, right? Like, who are we as a nation? Are we ready for socialism? Are we really... uh, uh, Are we actually really a a Trump country? Are we this or that? 
And I think in the end, if Biden wins, it just comes down to, yeah, you know, we just didn't like the cut of Hillary's chip. That, that's really it. Because Biden is about as close as you can get with like Hillary, but with a dick, right? Every flaw that yeah. she has, he has too. And in, if anything, I would have preferred a Hillary. At least like Hillary put up with a lot of shit in the 90s. I mean, even her biggest detractors have to give her that. So I'd like a begrudging respect for her. Biden is nothing. Like the only reason why people might like him more is that he's clearly like stupider than she is. So he's just like a dumb bro. And I guess he it's he's a bit less objectionable because he he's not perceived as conniving or threatening. He's just a guy who likes ice cream. You know that's that's not what people like about him. They just see pictures of him eating ice cream, and that's what they like. Well, well I think that the I, I think it's expecting too much that like people who. You know your your average um, boomer aged or Gen X aged voter was going to suddenly take that Hillary loss and say, you know what, I'm a socialist now. Um, but the reason I think Sanders had this huge wave coming into the you know into this primary season was this idea that he had like this. You know, it's four years later. He was he he's only gotten stronger because there's like you know millions more voters of voting age, and that he was building up. I think there's an age component to this that's that's probably the starkest demographic split between him and others. I mean they they like to talk about you know the POC. They like to talk about women, and I know he did well with Latinos, but he did very poorly with black voters, uh, at least in South Carolina. I mean Biden just crushed them with the black vote, and so I don't know if there's a clean way to you know, demographically separate out who supports Sanders versus who supports, you know, more centrist candidate. But I think age is probably the best one. And it, you know, it shows that that's a problem because like young people just did not turn out. Like there were, I think the youth vote was like, the youth turnout was weaker than it was uh, four years ago. No, no, well, uh, as a a proportion of the total vote. So a lot of young people did come out but not they couldn't keep up with the number of older people who are coming out. So yeah, but I mean, he, it's it, but the but it it can't like the the thing is though that demographically there should be more younger votes this time around than four years ago, and it just didn't materialize at all. It was much worse than four years ago. And but what, just, what do you mean by worse? Because I haven't looked at these numbers. Um, there's an article. Let me look it up. There's a but, there's there's a few articles about this. Um, that shows that it was actually significantly worse than four years ago. Um, and that was the thing that I really took away. Yeah, there's a, I'll, I can put it in. There's a USA Today article about it um, and should all be based on exit polls. Uh, so, yeah, it showed that overall turnout was up but that as a yeah so in virginia for example there was a significantly higher turnout in total but that the share of younger voters as a percentage was 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 lower than 4 years ago and then they go to like alabama north carolina uh so for example like in north carolina which i think biden won 14% of the electorate were young voters uh compared to 16% 4 years ago uh and so, and of those, 57% went for Sanders this time around compared to 69% in 2016. So the numbers seem to show that, um, you know, it 
didn't there really wasn't a huge demographic wave that was propelling him. And that was for me the most deflating thing about it as a Sanders supporter was that you know as much as a sort of cultural phenomenon, you know, like all those videos of like, um, was it like uh, Julian Casablanca showing up and pu- was it not, did Public Enemy show up for him? I know there was a, a thing about Flavor Flav being uh, fired from Public Enemy for some, either endorsing or not endorsing someone. I don't know what Julian it was. Julian Casablanca, who the fuck cares about the strokes in 2020? Eh, they still bring, they still bring the crowd. Um, but what I mean is like, you know, they were showing all these like big concerts that like so many people showing up to his rallies and, uh, it, it, it just gave this overall feeling of like, wow, this is like a massive movement going. And then I think the thing about super Tuesday that really seemed to deflate the Sanders camp was like, they didn't show up, you know? And it's just, you know, I just find that really disappointing in a way that, uh, you know, well, that, if- if you look at it this way, uh, I think the absolute numbers increased, and and it's not just because of you know population boom. Um, if you just look at the I think the raw numbers of the youth vote isolated, there was uh, improvement in turnout. It was just like there were way more older people who turned out. I guess who didn't turn out last time, and uh, surprisingly, I guess his uh, the number of young voters who actually voted for him shrank somehow, which yeah. is which I find. Uh, well, I guess maybe that's that's a Hillary factor, which again is just so sh- shallowly disappointing. You know, it's like, yeah, it was like uh, if those people voted for Biden, it's it was really just about you know personality politics in the. I mean, as we all suspected, meaning um, this time around they'll go with Biden because he's a man, and they always wanted a centrist, you know, white guy. Whether he's a uh, man, but they just didn't turn out. They just voted for Sanders last last time around because Hillary was a woman. They just don't like just don't like her. Is what whether saying? it's whether it's gender, whether it's the fact that you know she does have a lot of more uh, right wing and like left wing opposition against her than Biden. Biden, I mean, nobody really like. He's like, remember Biden when he ran in '04? I remember this SNL skit where the the punchline was that nobody could tell the difference between Joe Biden and Chris Dodd. That was the kind of guy he was. Uh, now, um, you know, he's seen as like the the savior and the and the carrier of the Obama legacy, which I also want to say, just like another disappointing nail in the coffin of the Obama legacy is like who who has who is the one he has chosen? I mean, you could say he chose himself or the party has chosen for him. It really doesn't matter because he was supposed to be transformational. But in the end, who comes after him? Hillary. And then who comes after her? Biden. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it just... If... If like uh, I don't know if if Joe Biden had won in like two thousand and eight become president, it really would does not seem to have made that much of a difference, you know, in terms of the arc of the Democratic Party. So so yet another disappointment from a once, you know, fervent Obama supporter, you know me. So yeah, yeah. though it, it's I mean it's not by far it's far from over. I mean I think that there was just so much momentum for Sanders going into it. It seems like. There was a lot of disappointment, but yeah, it, I don't remember- think it was at all a fatal blow. This is still a very, cont- this is a contended race. I mean, Sanders is clearly still in the running. He's doing. Yeah. And especially if, if say, Warren endorses him and she brings a decent number of her voters in, I, I think, because remember in, in 2016, um, like, you know, uh, Hillary, I mean, won Iowa, but who knows what that means in retrospect after all the shit we've seen can happen in Iowa. 
Sanders blew out in New Hampshire. Hillary then won Nevada by about five points, which was then seen as like her stemming uh, the the Sanders wave. And then she blew out in South Carolina, and she did very well in on Super Tuesday. Won all the states that she should have won, and I I don't and and I I think. No, California was not part of Super Tuesday, I think, four years ago. But anyway, it was perceived that Hillary won Super Tuesday, although she didn't just, like, blow him out of the water. But then um, Bernie won Michigan. And Michigan was a thing that I think really... uh, If he had lost Michigan, I think he would have dropped out at that point. But because he won Michigan against all the polls, there was a sense that something like that, again, was possible. So there was no real incentive for him to drop out. Uh, Michigan is coming up, I think, sometime later this month. Uh, let's say he blows out Biden in Michigan, then and Biden's whole you know I'm lunch pail Joe argument uh, looks much weaker. He just looks like another Hillary maybe. Uh, so yeah, I, I I agree. It's far from over. Bernie's obviously in a much better position now than four years ago. But also four years ago, he wasn't expected to be the front runner.